The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. We have hit peak off-season. Peak. The uh, free agency stuff has died down. Peak. Uh, we're still several weeks away from even captain's practices and informal practices. Double E. Um, most of the GMs who have gotten all of their work done, like good little boys, uh, have scurried off to their vacations before everything goes uh, sideways on them with the first injuries of training camp. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we have a thunderbolt uh, split the hockey world's skies, and we have two 100-point players from last season traded for each other. Two 100-point players traded, not just in the same day, not just in the same offseason, but traded for each other. I do not remember the last time that happened. Thinking, thinking, not coming up with anything. You probably have to go back to before the 2005 lockout. And you may even have to go back into the night into like the night, the early 90s. Milan and big game James. Oh, wait, they didn't have 100 points apiece. Maybe over the previous two seasons, <laughs> each they had 100 points. And the real deal, James Neal. Uh, no. Yeah, no. No. Um, maybe for Milan, if you added pims and points together, you get to 100. But uh, maybe 100 cans of hairspray or hair gel for Neil for James Neal. I, I honestly can't think of um, – it must have happened at some point, but I just can't think of – nothing's coming to mind. No, none. I just – and given the – especially considering Matthew Kachuk is 24 years old. Yeah, just signed an eight-year – I mean, he signed the eight-year $9.5 million per deal. And so. I think that's a reasonable deal based on what we've seen of him. Both points production and style of play, I love Matthew Kachuk. Now, a couple of days before the big trade, there was speculation that Kachuk could end up in Los Angeles, which I thought was completely bonkers because him and Drew Doughty just are not buddies. (laughs) But... But how fun would it have been to see them on the same team? Oh, good. I would legit have paid a week's salary to be in the locker room the first time they met. I wonder. I wonder if the G. I wonder if Rob Blake would have to clear it with Doughty before making that deal. <sighs> see, I, well, I, I think not, at the other end, the, I, I don't know that Kachuk wants to go to L.A. unless he suddenly get designs on being an actor two days after he retires from uh, from hockey or does or starts doing uh, picking up cameo gigs uh, in the offseason and between games. But based on based on last season, it, they weren't I mean, they weren't that far off. They they got in the I mean, they got in the playoffs. They, they didn't get far. I get it. But they got to the second round. So it's not like he's going, it's not like he's going to Arizona. If he goes to LA, 
and he certainly could help. He's young enough. He's got a long-term deal. They've got a lot of good young players there. You've still got Anze Kopitar kicking around. Yes, there's the whole thing with Doughty. I get it. But I don't think that's such a bad move. I mean, ultimately, it didn't happen, and we know that. But I don't think that would have been a terrible move for him. I I can't see him signing off on the move when there are so many um, so many better places to land. And, and not for anything, but the way Florida exited the playoffs with the tail between their legs was a, a lot worse than the way L.A. exited the playoffs. OK, Florida had not won a playoff series in longer than Matthew Kachuk has been alive until last offseason. And then they did. And then they did. Okay. There is more reason to believe that the Florida Panthers will be in the playoffs the next three seasons than to believe that the L.A. Kings will be in the playoffs the next three seasons, even before this trade. Hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to go with that yet. Um, even go allowing for how special the Western Conference is, yeah, I'm, I'll take your money on that one. Sergei Bobrovsky is not not a big I'm sorry he's not a big game player he's he's got a he's got a Vesna trophy that's great he's got a 10 million dollar contract to say that hey look I get paid like Carey Price did but no uh, I, I just and they just traded away as part of this deal they traded away one of their top pairing defensemen who, at least according to, as heavily circulated in in the in town uh, discussions and rumors, they weren't signing anyways. They Mackenzie Weger's last contract, the one that expires at the end of next season, yeah, he's in the final went to season. arbitration. They actually the- went to arbitration. Okay, if he wasn't resigned by now. Or they weren't in good shape to resign him. It probably means that relationship is not solid, uh, not good, even terrible. Or it could just be Wegar gambling on himself that if he has a, a strong season, he'd be able to fetch an extra million or something like that. I I I think that the real I think that by the time you go to arbitration. When you prove your worth, and Wegar, as far as I'm concerned, earned out his contract. I thought that he played well um, in any of the games that I saw him, regular season or postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't see him as the issue. Okay. I just I'm I'm I don't know. I'm, Florida is a decent landing spot. Are they going to do okay? Yes. Offense was not their issue last season. They were averaging close to four goals a game. Their issue was when they got to the second round of the playoffs, they coughed up a hairball on the third round. They had that emotional hangover that run that a lot of teams run into when they do something they've never done before in the previous round. I don't see that necessarily being an issue. And there are other, the, the other th- reason that I love this trade for the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. 
Well, there's well another reason I should say not the other because there's more than one. That team looked lacking in physicality in the second round. It was overall emotional engagement, but lacking in physicality. And Matthew Kachuk is pretty much the definition of a full-size power forward in today's NHL. Yeah, I can agree with that. He is a, a premier power forward. He's going to bring the physical. He's he's going to score some goals. He's going to he's going to make opponents hate him. Well, like as we were talking about previously with Drew Doughty, yes, he is going uh, to make opponents hate him. That's that's an important thing for a team that has not. This is a. Has, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say this is a good deal for both teams. I mean, I, I'm. It was a, it was a surprise. I didn't hear about it when you texted me and said, "Did you hear about the trade?" I was, nope, didn't hear a thing. So I was completely shocked when you sent me the details because I wasn't expecting it. Uh, didn't know that Brad Trilliving was still working the phones. It makes sense because Kachuk didn't want to re-sign with Calgary. So he didn't really have a choice. He had to make a move. Better to make a move now than to wait until training camp or preseason or first week of the season. You know, or get Wegar. try and make it happen mid-season. Yeah, get Wegar in now. Get Huberto in now. Get him accustom- accustomed to the team when they start getting the informal and captain's practices and whatnot and go from there. So it makes sense that he got the deal done now. And it's a good deal for both teams. Uh, based on what I'm reading, it looks like everybody thinks that Calgary made out in the deal here. So, I, Okay. I will say the same thing about Calgary making out in the deal as I will about the Bruins roster. Yes. If someone's not signed, they're not signed. Can Calgary flip? The guys who are on expiring contracts at some point around the trade deadline and potentially bring back more assets? Yeah. Can they potentially sign all three guys that they picked up? Wegar and Huberdo and I forget number three's name. Uh, the prospect is Cole Schwint, a 21-year-old. Yes, yes, they can. They, they can potentially sign all three of them. Okay. But Kachuk is signed for eight years. They have certainty. Calgary has a whole lot of doubt after game 82. In what way? They've added to their defense. They added a top pairing defenseman to their defense. uh, I'm not sure that I would put Wegar in top D, but I... I can certainly understand that. I would I would comfortably slot him into second pairing. But okay, fine, second pairing. I mean, he played top pairing with Aaron Eckblad in Florida, so. Uh, and that's that's always a hard uh, a hard thing to calculate. I understand. But. But they're only they're only signed for this. Two of them are signed through only through this year. Right. If Huberdeau refuses to sign. Or if he's terrible and still wants a big contract, 
What are you going to do? See, now there's my concern. Do I agree that Calgary should get an A and Florida should only get a B? Wyshynski gave Florida a B plus. That might be more along the line. I don't know if Calgary gets an A on this only because A, their contracts are expiring at the end of the season. B, Huberto is still an unknown property. He's only recently, in the last couple of seasons, really exploded offensively. He's yeah, he's really only emerged as an actual star in the last two and a half seasons. And let's face it. Two of those seasons were lockout shortened or health reasons shortened. It's not it's not that I don't think he can ever sustain the momentum, but it's a whole lot easier to do when you're getting a whole lot more off time. No, that's my concern is just which Huberdo are you getting? I mean, does he revert back to the previous iteration? Because it's a new team and he's trying to, quote unquote, figure it out again. Uh, who's going to be his center? Is he going to play with Elias Lindholm? Is he going to be with, um, who's it, Monaghan? Who's going to be the center? Because he's a left winger. That's Those are all big factors. Uh, Matthew Kachuk has played with multiple, with multiple line mates up there. Yes, he spent a lot of time playing with Goudreau. But he's also the type of player whose whose aggression drives his play at least as much as his line mates. I mean, Jonathan Huberdeau, of all of the things you can say about him, aggression yeah. is probably not in your top five descriptors. Yeah, I don't see him as a – he's not going to be the one that's going to go in and, and get in between players. He – I – I imagine he can get physical if he needs to, but yeah, it's not my first, it's not the first thing I think of when I think of Huberto. Um, physicality is certainly one of the first things I think of when I think of Kachuk. And then the other aspects of the deal, because they did also get Cole Schwint, the prospect, but from what I read just briefly before the show, 21-year-old and his skating does not um, instill does not great confidence. Does not instill great confidence in Wyshynski, in, in Mr. Wyshynski. And the draft pick is in 2025, and it's lottery protected. So if Florida I mean, tank, if Florida tanks, then Calgary the- doesn't get the pick. No, no, no. They get the pick even if it's uh, – they get the pick either way. Oh, okay. Um, for me, you still have to be able to do something with those draft picks. You still have to be able to do something with your unsigned players. I, just because they exist, the opportunity exists, doesn't mean that you can do well with the opportunity. <laughs> Fair enough. Florida doesn't have an opportunity. They have a player. They have a player who's got to perform. Who, there's no reason to believe will not perform. Okay. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, I see this as closer to even than I think some of the reporters do. Uh, I 
I would have to call it a dead heat today. Now, if, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 the, the draft pick and Mackenzie Weger turn into long-term, long-term properties for the, uh, for the Flames and produce at high level, that might actually be all by itself, regardless of what happens with Huberdo, a win. If, and it's still a big if, if Huberdo all by himself goes ahead and pops off 135 points each of the next three seasons after resigning a reasonable deal, I'm not even saying team-friendly, just a reasonable deal, you can make the argument that, yeah, uh, that's at least to whatever whatever Kachuk is going to do. Calgary but, did send Calgary did send a pick back in the trade, but it was a fourth rounder, also conditional. Yeah. There's a lot of chewiness. And <laughs> Florida does not have a first round pick for the next three years. Are they hurting themselves? That is uh, correct. Yeah. Are they hurting themselves by not having a pick? In the, I mean, you look at the Bruins this year, didn't have a first-round pick, waited until pick. I'll go back to my previous, que- my previous point. There's a difference between having an opportunity and doing something good with it. Yeah. Do I think that the Florida Panthers are more likely to do something useful with a pick uh, than the Boston Bruins at this point? Yes. I think I'm more likely okay. to trust them, yes. Um, do I like the fact that they don't have their first round they don't have first round picks or even a second round pick next uh in twenty twenty four? Not really. But let's take a look at who signed long term for that team. You got Barkov signed through the heat death of the universe. You got Kachuk signed for long term. Reinhardt is signed this season and next. Uh, Bennett is signed for uh, this year plus two. Verhage is signed for this year plus two. Um, you've got three or four more players who are signed this season and next. You've got Ekblad signed for this year plus two. For good or for ill, you've got Bobrovsky signed for this year plus three. Um, and you've got uh, you've got a bunch of prospects who are 24 and under in the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact. You know, aside from the guys who were at the end of their careers and playing in the AHL system and, you know, are the official seventh, eighth or ninth defensemen like Michael Delzato and Anthony Bieto, they've got young talent. They've got 19 year olds, 21 year olds, 23 year olds um, in in uh, in the AHL on the blue line. And they've got, you know, they've got another young goalie prospect down there and Mac uh, Guzda. There's, I don't know that there is as heavily in need of a first round pick that can contribute within two seasons of being drafted. Now, they still need to clear three million in order to get under the cap. 
Um, I suspect they'll probably do that by going with the minimum uh, roster, 12 forwards, eight, uh, six defensemen, uh, which means, but they still need to get rid of almost 4 million. Well, they're at 22 out of 23 on the roster size too. So yeah. Do they have to sign that 23rd player? Are they required to? No, 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 they're not. Okay. Uh, and as far say, as like, if they are required to, they really got to make a move. But I, I still think that they don't, they're not as in big a need of additional core players. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Barkov and Bennett uh, and Reinhardt. Was it Barkov that won the Selkie two years ago? Yeah, it was. Okay. So. So it's not like, but I mean, I'm I'm not saying that they have to have first round picks. I'm just saying the it's expectation usually. the expectation of first round picks is that they're you know they're a higher level of talent, or if they're lower in the first round, they shouldn't take as long in the minor. And not having that kind of talent coming into into the the farm system, you're really putting pressure on the scouts to find diamonds in the rough in the lower in the lower rounds uh yeah there's the need for uh, the way i would quantify this trade yeah the, the florida panthers have won Bigger than medium already. Okay. If Calgary can turn their end of the trade into long-term contributions from either the players they and picks from either the players they got or assets that they get immediately in turning them around they're probably able to win really big and at least medium term. I don't know what the 2025 draft is supposed to look like. I mean, Calgary's got all their first round picks this year, next year, and in 2025, they got two. So it is what it is. Uh, Yeah, it's all in as not that I want to quote Jerry Maguire, but it actually makes sense. Until, you know, when you get up, when you get a player, you know, talent is like popcorn. You know, you never know what what you're going to get until it's popped <laughs> or some pop and some don't. It, it's like. I think that Florida in the long term potentially could win this trade. I think that in the short term, Calgary has won this ter- in this trade. So I guess it's a trade, a, a trade off, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, offense, like I said, offense wasn't an issue for them. So bringing in Kachuk is just going to. I think that I, I, I still think that it, it's attitude. Attitude was part of what Florida wanted. And being on the east, being in the east. Matthew Kachuk is where the east just to me seems more. Physical, you got obviously his brother up in Ottawa, you got. Physical guys in Boston, physical guys in in, in Tampa. 
Do they have physical? Eh, yeah, I guess. Actually, still got some physical guys. I mean, you've got uh, McDonough is gone now, sure, but Edmund Edmund will throw the body. He's not Chris Pronger, but he's certainly capable of making someone aware that they should have had their head up. Uh, he's. I don't think. I don't think Kachuk is gonna have to look very hard for Dan's partners. No. Yeah. And so being I, in the East is going to work for him. <laughs> in fact, I think that this is this is going to be this is possibly the most pure hockey trade as far as on ice win for both teams. Yeah, I still don't like it long term for Calgary. Calgary, if they can't sign um, Huberto or. Wegar and the prospect, or, or rather the the draft pick, mm-hmm. and turn them into something. Yeah. But it's impossible. It, it really is impossible to project that far out. Right. I mean, I don't think we're going to have another pandemic where we're suddenly, where there's suddenly no attendance and the cap is going to go flat or down again. I right. I firmly believe after next season the cap will go up another million, maybe even as much as two. Um, I firmly believe that it's probably not as long as some people think between now and when we're actually going to be talking about additional teams in the NHL. You got to figure as time goes on, the issues with crossing the Canadian border are going to go away at some point. Um, Any limitations that Canadian teams may have put on them by the government as far as audiences or masking or whatever are going to go away. So I think that, yes, there will be an upswing. And I think that with the upswing in, in money coming in is going to rise all boats. And I think the cap is going to go up a little bit next year and a little bit more the year after that. I think we've pretty much nailed this trade to death without actually saying who the players were. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really – I don't know that there's much else to discuss in this trade. Well, you got Wyshynski's article as to who won. You've got – And everyone, including, everyone the, including the pan poll uh, that I ran yesterday seems to think it's Calgary. Yeah, the and, the fan-sided and the and Wyshynski both gave, Cal, go, both gave Calgary an A – Fan-sided article, which was Scott Rogist, I believe his name is, um, gave Florida a B, and Wyshynski gave Florida a B plus. You ran, you ran this, you ran this quick poll. Wow, seventy-five, seventy-seven to twenty-three. Calgary. That's a big gap, actually. I figured it would be closer. Yeah, I I think that some fans are possibly overreacting. I was talking to uh, one of the Calgary writers who I followed on and off for, or I followed probably since I got hot, since I started in on hockey Twitter. Um, you'll know him as Adam, aka uh, Florida Panthers punk. Um, he's uh, he's all about the Florida Panthers. Um, 
His profile lists him as a fan since 1996. And he was talking about how some of the Tampa fans were calling this a complete strip down of the Florida Panthers. And I'm like, strip down. What? Tampa Bay has lost more players this season, this off season than, than the Florida Panthers have. And no one's calling that a strip down strip down. Wow. That's, that's a bit harsh. That's, that's a hilarious statement in my, in my book. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking, I, as I compared it on the on Twitter to the 2007-ish Pittsburgh Penguins fans calling uh, Sidney Crosby the greatest player to have ever to ever have put on a Penguins uniform. Um, some guy named Lemieux comes to mind. I don't know. And at that point, you could probably put Yager. You could easily still put Yager ahead of him. Yes, I probably would. Um, whether you can make that same statement today or not, different conversation for a different day. Yes. I sir, I would, but that's just me. You know, something about Mario Lemieux and Hall of Fame and I don't know. Um, just, just, I, uh, just saying, yeah. Could be wrong. I doubt it, but I could be. You could be. I doubt it. In fact, that would be an interesting. No, it wouldn't be. Never mind. No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. I was just thinking that interesting poll question. Who's <laughs> who's your number one player in Penguins history? Hmm. Um, at this point, Crosby would win. It hasn't been quite long enough. When he retires and he's been gone five years, that'll be a better question, particularly if they've had any success since then. So what do we got? We got Matthew Kachuk. We talked. Oh, wait a minute. Before before we get there, there is the momentous. Oh, we got another. Okay momentous movements made by the Boston Bruins. Oh, we got more movements. Okay. Wait a minute. Have they done? Is it Bergeron? Um, It's probably even better because this is, is it, a young star that is it, Boston Bruins fans are known to dote upon. So it's not Krejci? Uh, not, nope, not, not David Krejci. They extended Pasternak. Uh, not yet. Wow, and this deal is bigger than all three of those, huh? Hmm. Well, certainly there's more upside what was uh, the... when you're talking about young players. Um, uh, let's see. Did Fabian Lysel? Uh He was actually, I, I believe he was actually already signed, but uh, okay. we're talking, of course, about Jack Stadnika. Oh. Wait, that reaction came out wrong. Oh, was that better? Um, yes, that that was way more believable and uh, exactly exactly the type of uh, exactly what we were hoping to hear. I see. 
So Jackson Nika re-signed. He was indeed signed to a new contract. Is it a two-way deal? Um, you can rest assured that Jack Studnika will be adorning uh, some part of the Bruins' buildings somewhere at some time for at least 10 games next year. At least 10 games. But is it a two-way or a one-way? Because if it's a one-way, then he has to be on the Bruins' roster. But if it's a uh, two-way... It's, I believe it's a two-way deal. Because I can't find anything that that says one way or the other what the hell it is. It just says they signed him to a two-year contract. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Found it on NHL.com. Here we go. The contract is a two-way deal for 22-23 and a one-way deal for 23-24. So he has to be on the roster in 23-24. Uh, or, or, or he has to clear waivers, something like that. Yeah. Yes. And let's... Let's be honest. Kid has played all of 37 NHL games. Wow. 37 regular season NHL games. Really? 37? That's it. He's practically a grizzled veteran. I, dude, he, they're going to be calling him Greybeard uh, by the end of the season, I'm sure. In in Providence. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I think there are like six older, at least six or seven older players in Providence alone. I mean, he's, he just turned 23 a couple of months back. So he, he won't quite hit 24 until the T until Providence or Boston are fairly well locked into a playoff spot next year. Well, in his defense, he put up staggering numbers in the 21, 22 season. Cause he only played in 15 games. Mm-hmm. Staggering numbers. Um, staggering in the fact that he had zero goals and three assists. For but three his points. points per game are higher than the previous season. Really? So he's improving. Well, it took him 20 games. In 20 games, he had three points in the previous year. Has he scored his first NHL goal yet? <laughs> oh, he scored his first NHL goal in the 2021 season. Oh, okay. Um, I definitely blame Cassidy for him and probably for Frederick because literally any time either guy made a mistake, they never saw the ice again that game. And in Frederick's case, it didn't even have to be his mistake. A lot of times the ref would call at least four times. I saw the refs make really stupid calls and reputation calls. Not even reputation calls, just stupid calls, okay. and still send, and it would still send Freddie to the uh, press box uh, for two weeks. Damn. I mean, the the fact that Don Sweeney has not made any progress on David Pasternak, no progress on Bergeron. I, I don't even want to throw Krejci in there because I wasn't expecting him. If he's going to show up, fine. But until I see otherwise, I'm not expecting him. He left. He said he wasn't coming back. And then all of a sudden, all this hoopla after the season of, oh, Krejci, Krejci, Krejci. No. Let it go until he's actually here. I haven't, I haven't heard Krejci say he's coming back. 
I, I for me, but if no I wanted, I would be more likely to believe that one or both of Bergeron or Krejci would be back if the Bruins went ahead and cleared some actual cap space. Well, they haven't done that either. Punkolino. No um, yes, you have to do something. Craig Smith for someone younger or cheaper, either one. Um, which I guess brings us to while well, we're talking Bruins, I guess that brings us to a discussion I saw on Twitter mm-hmm. about trading coil. Interesting. Now, I am definitely not in the pro-trade coil camp. Well, if you yeah. like playing if you like playing the game of hockey without any centers, then certainly you could trade him. I am in the camp of if it improves the club, I'm okay with it. So, my threshold for trading him Assuming you can't find a GM who's uh, tapped in the head enough to give you three or four first round picks. Um, <laughs> and I don't think you can right wait, now. Wait, wait. Who's going to give you three or four first round picks for Charlie Coyle? As I said, it would be someone tapped in the head. Um, my threshold on that yeah, one. But, but Don Sweeney already runs the Bruins. Fair point, fair point. Um, my threshold on that was like a a defenseman who will get you 10 goals and 60-plus points, 65-plus points, or a bona fide number one C who's under 27. If he's part of a package for one of those, will I like seeing him go? No. Will I be happy with the return? Most likely. I mean, you're talking about a bona fide number one center. Whether Bergeron and Krejci and okay, a, is he was unsigned to come back this year or not? Is he a bona fide number one center? First of all, who? Charlie Coyle. No, no, no. I, I'm not talking about him. I said trading him as a package for one. Coyle, at best, is a really good 3C or a really, really weak 2C. Fair enough. And in a lot of ways, I think he's better suited to the wing. He is arguably the, he's almost certainly the best puck protector on the Boston Bruins. Yes. I think he plays better on the wing as well. I mean, he listed as a center. He's played the position, but I think he's far better on the wing, far better suited to the wing. I think taking away the center responsibilities frees him up. I mean, the the only are the only real concession I will make towards having him at center is he is a pass first guy, not a shoot first guy. Like if you could get him to shoot more, it would open up the ice more for his teammates. And okay. I think that's 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 legitimately my biggest criticism of Charlie Coyle. That's it. 
but so you're at what 30 percent trade coil 40 percent i mean what's your threshold here i mean oh my threshold is the return that i said either he has to he has to be in a package for a number one c or a defenseman who's going to get us 10 goals and 65 points is trading you gonna is trading him gonna get you a number one center that and it's tough because in this town any number one center you get is going to immediately be compared to Bergeron. Well, it's not even just that they're going to be compared to Bergeron. They're going to be per- compared to Bergeron. They're going to be compared to Krejci. They're even going to be compared to Mark Savard. And trying to measure up to one of those three. Jason Allison, Joe Thornton. Not, um. particularly, <laughs> not particularly easy. Um, trying to measure up to all three of them at once. Completely, complete lunacy. Yes. I'm not in the camp of trading him only because we have – there are just so many other issues. you got players that are going to be out. I mean, how, how long are you going to be without arguably two of your top three defensemen? Okay, top four. Uh, you're probably without all three of – without both of those – without Grizzlick and – and Coyle for uh, McAvoy for one month each, maybe as much as two months each. How long are you without Marshawn? Yeah, they, they're. I mean, they're all projected for one month to miss the start of the season. Um, okay. I I want to be optimistic and say that one of them will be back to open camp. Um, I not a hundred percent sure. I guess the, I guess if I were going to trade Coil, I would have to, as, as you said, see what was coming back. I, I just, I'm not immediately thinking trade Coil. Yes, salary wise, it helps clear up cap, but you need to get something back in return, and you still need to clear up cap so you can, well, sign Bergeron, sign Krejci, sign resign, extend Pasternak. There's just. <laughs> Oh, as wait, much and as I want Bergeron resigned. He's not a long-term solution anymore. Ah, uh, no. Based, based, even based on what we saw last season, just knowing his age, you know he's not going to be here five years from now. Nope. And as. As the president and chief ankle breaker of the Patrice Bergeron fan club, uh, that pains me greatly. That unfortunately at some point is going to come to an end, yes. Uh, I don't think that even Patrice Bergeron can beat Father Time in enough face-offs to keep playing inevitably uh, or indefinitely. And, oh, by the way, they can't trade Charlie Coyle. The rumor is that he's from East Weymouth. I've never had that confirmed for me. Oh, okay. I mean, like I said, rumor has it that he is. I I haven't seen any proof or documentation that says otherwise, but rumor has he's from East Weymouth, so I don't know that they can trade him anyway. It's 
it's an interesting thought. I, I mean, it's an interesting con. It, in, interesting thought. I just I don't see it happening, and I don't know that there's a deal out there to be made that I would include him in the center. I want coming back. It would have to be. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not even uh, sure who I would want coming back because I don't I don't even consider it a realistic possibility. I don't think it is either. That's why I'm saying. What else do we have? Hmm. Are these Oilers moves any important here? Uh, The Oilers moves are interesting because we know they need to move somebody. Um, I don't. I'm not 100% sold on these being the moves that happen. Uh, there's anything that we know about that team right now. It's that they're Lamorello good at not leaking what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I, I, well, I talked about that being a perfect place for Kane to land last season after he was uh, rudely used by the San Jose Sharks. And Ken Holland heard you, yes. Ken Holland is also a smarter man than most of the GMs they've had running the Oilers the last few years, so... There's a high bar. I realize that it's not very high. I get that, but... Ken Holland but, I mean, does, let's bring, look at, does bring... Let's Stanley look at their situation. They're at forty, just under $43 million mm-hmm. in spent with nine set, nine forwards <laughs> another 22 million well, on their seven defensemen well there's a problem when you're when 15 percent of your cap is going to <clears throat> or, or, or well you can do it one of two ways either 15 percent of your cap to one player or 25 percent of your cap to two players 25 and a half percent of your cap to two players no, 25 and a half excuse me to two players. Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, however great they looked, and for the first time I am willing to apply the word great to the two of them for playoff performances. Regular seasons are fine. Playoffs are where your legend is made. Yes, but 25.5%? No. Uh, you've got Zach Hyman, who I think his contract is comfortable. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, not a, not a bad deal. A identical deal given to Evander Kane. But they are, they have seven under 70,000 in cap space. Under 70,000 to sign three plus NHL players and give themselves wiggle room for the season when Injuries happen and illnesses happen and suspensions happen. Uh, there, they, there may be an issue here. They did improve their goaltending. They brought in Jack Campbell, and no longer do they have you know that Miko Koskinen guy who was absolutely terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just he was awful, awful. <laughs> they they really need to do some work this. So the kicker is we joked about Milan and James Neal being traded for each other. You realize the Oilers are actually paying both of them? <laughs> yeah. Saying. 
It's just just saying the, the Oilers are actually paying both players right now. And it's close to three million dollars. Uh-huh. Because uh, 1.9 for James for the next three more seasons and three quarters of a mil to Lucic uh, for just this next season. I, I Wow. It must be great to collect a paycheck from another team. I mean, Milan plays for Calgary, and yet he's getting a check from Edmonton at the same time. I, wonder I if think he's winning the Battle of Calgary. Next time we do a Battle of Alberta thing, we have to discuss a winner. It's Milan or James Neal <laughs> <laughs> or, or the two of them combined. Yeah. Do they have the same agent by any chance? The, the only difference being James Neal actually isn't playing for – I mean, does Milan feel at all guilty when he plays Edmonton that he's taking money from them to beat them? <laughs> Just saying. I would be cold, honestly. Just saying, how much guilt does he feel beating Edmonton? And then, oh, by the way, yeah, where's my money? They improve. Okay, they improved their goaltending. Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell are actually going to be decent. Uh, I think Skinner being out from under a shadow, getting another full year as they back up without anybody looking over him, I think is going to be good for him. Uh, and if necessary, you can always send him back down. And and. Mike Smith, I don't know how his long-term – I don't know if his IR is long-term he's done or if Mike Smith is just on IR because he's on IR. But he's still getting 2.2 mil. So if he can play, he can play. Defense, they've got everybody signed. It's these three contracts. And I don't know about McLeod. I don't know how – he's all right. He seemed to be okay during the playoffs. Pull your Yarvey. And Yamamoto, they definitely need to get re-signed. So, yeah, they're going to need to move somebody, do something. Uh, Ken Holland has got to somehow magically make money appear so that he can pay these guys. He realistically needs to come up with four and a half, five million dollars in cap space. And I literally have no idea how he's going to accomplish that. Uh, you are dealing, well, let's see, Hyman Stardy. Nope. The Nuge. 29, nope. And the new 29 and just resigned, as far as I know. Uh, Well, if they really want to, you know, deal Evander Kane, you know, who they just resigned as well. And uh, given if, a no movement clause. <laughs> given, oh, wait, these guys all have no movement clause. Oh, oh see, that, that just makes things exciting. Ken went to the um, Chiarelli School of GMing. Uh, well, McDavid's contract effective. Actually, I don't know if after that playoff performance, his contract makes him unmovable anymore. Um, I think you'd find a lot of teams who would be interested in, in Zach Hyman if they could actually convince him to waive. 18. He submits an eight. Oh, that's 26, 27. His no trade clause doesn't kick in until the last two years of his deal. Yeah. Or, or is it no trade and in the last two seasons he submits lists? It's full no movement. Like they can't even put him, uh, they can't send him to the minors. They can't. Until, until 26, 27 when he can submit an 18 trade list. So for right now, they can't move him anywhere. Eek. Without his uh, approval, I'm guessing. 
they'd have to come to him first and say, look, we really need to get moved. You know, I don't know. How do you sell that to somebody? We need to clear cap space so we can sign these other guys. But in order to do that, we need to move you. <laughs> no. We want you to be happy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Please uproot your life and go away. We want you to be happy. I don't know how Holland's going to pull this one off. This ought to be intriguing. Now, you, does he get long-term money like at the start of the season? Could he wait until the beginning of the season and then use long-term money to ink these guys? I don't think they have anyone who's seriously injured who's going to end up on injured reserve. I mean, they have no. Oscar Kleffbaum there. That's $4 million. Mike Smith is there. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what their injuries are. Retired or not? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It, it, you may not see any signings over from 35 them. anyways. So I don't think that money is coming off the contract anyway, off of their cap in anyways. Ouch! They're gonna have to make a move, and right now they look a little handcuffed. So that ought to be interesting. Fixing three things. Three things with just one move was the article. Jeff Chapman of SB Nation, Copper and Blue. Correct. What is the one move that would... Moving Warren Fogel. Which is an interesting thought. I mean, Warren Fogel's not a terrible player. He's not. Um... What did you think of the backlash against Johnny Goudreau when he finally decided where he was going? Um, the backlash. Well, as I remember it, the backlash was a was they were upset because of the way he said goodbye. It was a whole. Um, they were willing to make him one of the highest paid players in the world. He in turn turned around in the eleventh hour and I think stabbed him in the back. All he said was to my understanding was something about he needed to do what was best for him and leave it at that. And I don't know, part of me thinks that the the press needs to develop a little thicker skin. Well, I don't think it's just the press. I think there's some fan bases and I'll excuse the fan bases a little bit more than the press. If he's but, not if he's not happy with Calgary and he doesn't want to actually come out and say why he's not happy with Calgary, let it go. He's yeah. just he wasn't happy there for whatever reason, whether it be coaching, whether it be ownership, whether it be he didn't like that they didn't leave certain bottled water in his locker, whatever it was. I mean, he's it, he's a grown up. He's a grown up. You got you, you fans are, are grown up. He's gone. So whatever it was that he didn't like, you don't have to worry about it anymore because he's gone. More importantly, if you're going to be upset with anyone, if your ownership, if your leaders couldn't figure out that he wasn't going to stay and didn't move him ahead of time for a return, you don't need to be mad at the player. You need to be mad at leadership. For not being in touch with what their what the staff what their players wanted, because something that people don't 
don't distinguish closely and carefully enough. I think Johnny Goudreau was happy playing in Calgary. I don't think he was content living in Calgary. His Part of his reasoning for wanting to move to where he did or somewhere further east is he wanted to be closer to his family. He's, spe- he's been way out there in Calgary you for know, years 30, and years. You know, 3,000 plus miles away from his family. From, you know, where he grew up with what two two years of two and a half years of pandemic and precaution impacted travel Mm -hmm. he probably missed two christmases easy a bunch of birthdays a bunch of weddings that he might otherwise have been able to go to had he been living in the u.s yeah and let's face it even if he couldn't fly to those places he probably could have driven uh, you know, you look at Columbus to central New Jersey or wherever in New Jersey he's from. It's not that long a ride, particularly if you have someone to do the ride with you. Um, I mean, the you can actually road trip. I think we were looking at this for ourselves from Pittsburgh to Columbus in like five hours. Might be a little more, might be a little less. If you have three drivers each of you takes five six hours out of a long long trip you can do that no problem a couple of times a year um i believe goudreau has a long-term girlfriend so not not that big a deal for the two of them to take that week off even with the pandemic and fear of flying and go from columbus to newark or wherever he's from uh, whether they're flying, whether they're taking, uh, whether they're driving, hell, maybe they hire a limo to take them the whole way. But doing that from Calgary to New Jersey, not particularly easy. No, um, I probably wouldn't want to take a bus to <laughs> to Calgary from New Jersey. I mean, from. Columbus to from Columbus to uh, Newark, New Jersey. It's about an eight-hour drive. You could do that easily. You know, you get off, you get off the uh, ice, you take a shower uh, after at eleven o'clock. You could be at your you could be at your mom's house at nine o'clock, ten o'clock the next morning. Stop for gas once. Stop more. Stop for gas once or twice on the uh, five hundred mile drive. And miles, seven hours, 23 minutes. Depends on the route. But yeah. <laughs> estimated fuel cost, $61.50. How to get to Calgary, estimated fuel cost, estimated plane ticket, a few hundred bucks. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, and yes, New Jersey offered him more, but what does he actually want? It's his choice. He was a unrestricted free agent. That means there's one person in charge of where he lands. Johnny? It's it's Johnny. Oh, okay, just checking. Well, in 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 in, in other cases, in Dougie's case, it I think mom had 
a play in where he went. So, uh, if even a third of what we heard uh, rolling around uh, <laughs> Bruins camps and other other venues where we listened uh, to the stories, oh yeah, is true. Yeah, she she might have had a say in uh, what was going on. I just I just don't think that I. Honest opinion, I don't think that Johnny was doing it to be evil. I think that he was doing it to spare the fan. You know, he didn't want to get into detail about what bothered him, whether it was, again, whether it was ownership, the team, whatever. I think that he was actually sparing the fans. He was saying, look, enjoyed my time there. I signed here and I'm not getting into it or I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact quote, but basically he said, I, you know, I'm not getting into it now. So let it go. He had his time there. I don't know what Calgary offered him, if anything at all. I'm sure they made some sort of offer, but he wanted out. He wanted to be closer to home. He made it. He, he said it before that he wanted to be closer to home a couple of years ago. You got eight full seasons of a point of a more than point per game player who showed up in the playoffs. I mean, last playoff performance for Calgary, 12 games, 14 points. You can't ask for much more than that. No. This is a fourth round pick who went from not knowing if he was ever actually going to play professional hockey well, his size was always called into question. To he's going to play a decade at this point. Yeah, his size was all. And, he, and if he if he's listed it, he's, he's listed, listed at, at five, five nine. Five, yeah, okay. And one hundred and sixty five pounds. I'm more willing okay. to give him the five nine. Yeah. And he turns. I mean, he turns twenty nine in about. Three weeks, four weeks. He's six hundred. Whether he wants to talk about it or not, he's planning for his post hockey career. He got six hundred games out of him, and yeah. forty two playoff games. Yeah, I, I mean, this he wants to he wants to do something with the rest of his career, and he wants to do something with his post hockey life. Yeah, I think no one should be happy when you lose a player of that caliber. But stabbing someone in the back for exercising their rights. I think Eric Francis um, up there on SN 650 needs to develop a little thicker skin and let it go. Just exhale. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, Let's see. Uh, the, okay, real quick question before we go. Yeah. Of the RFAs. All of them. The RFAs who are unsigned right now. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think is going to have the biggest impact on their team next year? Not an easy question, I know. Um, I'm not even sure I know my answer. 
There's some good ones out there that still aren't signed. There's Jason Robertson. There's Jesper Bratt. There's Oliver Killington. Uh, Oliver Shillington. Yeah. Shillington, uh, sorry. I know. It pronounces. It starts with a K, but it's pronounced Shillington. It's very weird. Up there in Calgary. Uh, Pablo Zaka is still technically unsigned, although, you know, according to the Bruins, they're in talks. They are. In uh, Mark Allred, our uh, buddy over at Black and Gold podcast, uh, he says that they're he reported that they're close to a or moving closer to a deal. Um, a couple yesterday, I believe it was. Uh, Capo Caco, I don't think is probably is probably going to be that guy. Um, Kirby Doc is still unsigned. Martin Nietzsche is still unsigned. Oh, no, here's Sedina is still unsigned. Here's a guy for you. And I know you like this one. Keegan Colasar. You know, if the Bruins actually had cap space and a place on the roster to put him, as I'd a, be down in a skinny minute. As an RFA? What do they what do they have to give Golden what do they have to give the Golden Knights? Cap space, which they need even more than the Bruins do. Uh, I have officially found the answer to your question. Well, go. Can I have? Can I have like a top three? You can have two. You can have a forward and a defenseman if you like, but you cannot have a top three. Uh, do I have a forward and a defenseman? Who was the other one? I just saw him a minute ago. Actually, I have. I have a forward. No, I don't have a forward. I have two goaltenders. There you go. Jake Ottinger for Dallas. I think that I like that pick. The other one was the other one was supposed to be designed to get a laugh. Uko Pekka Lukanen for Buffalo. Actually, He's I don't think. Actually, I think that. Actually, I think that's less of a joke than I thought it to be originally because I think Uko's gonna. Play more. They're I am going be... for my under the radar pick. Um, mm-hmm. A guy on. who I saw emerge <laughs> in the playoffs this year. Okay. Sean Dersey. I was just looking at that name right there on the Kings. Yeah. Sean Dersey. I this. I just have a feeling about him. He could be. He could be the guy we're all talking about next season. Am I saying he's potting twenty goals and? Uh, is going to be a point-per-game player? Nope. Not going to say that. Am I oh. saying that he could be a legit impact player, potentially even their all-star? Yeah. I like I liked Dersey. I thought I was very impressed with him during the playoffs. I can throw one more name at you. We've already kind of talked about him because we talked about Calgary, but that's Andrew Maggiapane. I think that he's going to have a much bigger role now that Gaudreau is gone. And I I would actually say that my second pick is uh, from or is currently the property of the team that um, Johnny Hockey grew up watching. Jesper Bratt, I think with the additions there, he has the potential to peak offensively. He is 23 years old. Uh, Actually, he'll be 24 and just six days uh so happy birthday jesper um he had 73 points in 76 games last year if he hits 
if there's less pressure on him because opposing defenses are spread out further, yeah, he's he's going to be the name we're talking about. Jasper Brad, I like it. Sean Dersey, I definitely agree. Uh, and this is a sixth round pick, Mr. 162. Sometimes you just can't predict this stuff. Um, and that, uh, anything else we wanted to talk about? Not so, not, not so much we want to talk about, just something funny to end the day on. I saw a tweet uh, from a certain former NHL player who's still playing in, in, the, in the KHL. Um, I believe it's the KHL. Uh, Yarmir Yager decided at free agent at the beginning of free agency oh, to, to throw his name into the ring and tell her way that he's a 50 year old free agent and that he played some winged and gave all his stats and then said, Oh, by the way, I own Cladden, whatever team it is, and we're looking for defensemen. <laughs> no jokes, and and ended it with no jokes. That tweet was. <laughs> One of the best things on the internet this year. I loved it. <laughs> and that years old, uh, years old still push, still trying to push back into the NHL. There you go. <laughs> and that hockey fans is where we leave you. Have a great week. Uh, we will be back uh, with more, more, more hockey, hockey, hockey.